You guys can go ahead and, and have a seat. Uh, excited to be here this morning, as, uh, as Zach said. My name is Chris McGuffey. Mostly I just go by Guff. Uh, and I am the pastor of Outreach here for Grace Bible Church. Uh, I don't spend a lot of time over at Anderson uh, on Sunday mornings. I have a very important job uh, giving uh, kids and some parents high fives uh, in the foyer uh, over at Southwood, and that's how I spend my time. Uh, I'm sure that most of the kids that go to our church over at Southwood have no idea that I actually even get paid uh, to do what I do. Uh, That's my favorite thing, is to welcome people into our church and to pray for them and to hope that they have a great experience uh, as, they, uh, as they come and worship with us together. This morning, uh, I get to do a fun thing uh, as the missions pastor. Uh, obviously, you guys know that I'm uh, excited uh, about the Great Commission and about how the gospel message can continue to move out from our community into the nations. Uh, but this morning, I get to talk about something that I am equally excited about, uh, and that is how the gospel message can pervade uh, into every corner of our community, okay? Not just the people that are kind of like us, uh, not just the people that are closest to us, but really as we sit and think about how can we as individuals that are called into a relationship with God, given the ministry of reconciliation, called ambassadors by God, okay, to go out into our community to make sure that this piece of geography, okay, that we share with other great churches in our community, has the opportunity to become a disciple of Jesus. Now, if you were here uh, a couple of weeks ago, we closed out uh, our time this uh, semester. We've been going through the book of Matthew, and we took a look uh, at the Great Commission and how God has called each one of us, every one of us, to be uh, a part of making disciples both in all nations and of all nations and uh, although what my greatest dream would be is that, uh, that we would not just focus on little individual opportunities about when we would do that as a church, we as a church are actually not supposed to be providing you guys the only opportunities that you have to share the gospel, okay? But that we would provide opportunities to equip you so that wherever you are throughout the, your whole day, that we can be a part of sharing the gospel to our community, We would like making disciples to actually be part of our church's daily rhythm, for the people in our church, a daily rhythm. And we're also going to be focusing on uh, some things that will be happening, as you can see up here, uh, Grace for the City, just a, a week of intentional focus and equipping so that we can help you guys maybe pick up some of the skills or some of the heart of what might be lacking during those days. It's part of a citywide outreach where we're challenging people to do really just a a couple of different things, some different opportunities that you have. One is that we're asking if people would host a block party uh, around their house. Okay, why? Because it's people that you already know or maybe people that you need to already know. Now, you may live in an apartment complex or a duplex or somewhere else, and that's totally fine. Just getting in the rhythm of meeting your neighbors and inviting them to your house Not so that somebody can come over and really do something fancy, but maybe you can just have a cup of coffee and a dessert and get to know people so that you can understand where they are and have an opportunity to talk about the things that are most important to you. 
A second opportunity that will happen just right over here in uh, Anderson Park is that we're going to gather as many of our international student friends that we can and host kind of a block party for them as well. Okay, so it's going to be kind of a, a picnic over here in the park and we're going to have lots of uh, people come and maybe that's a great way for you to say that that's the people that I want to invest my life into. That's people that I really, that, that God has given me a heart to reach out to, to help them feel welcome and to explain this faith that I have within me. Another opportunity that you can uh, have is to serve with one of our community partnerships. We're going to talk uh, a little bit about that as there, uh, there's going to be a table outside in the portico this morning. Actually, the design of this, uh, this morning's service uh, is to get out a little bit early, okay? Nobody whoop for that one, but you should, okay? To get out a little bit early and to go out into the portico and to find out, hey, what are some of the opportunities that we have uh, coming up during our Grace for the City Week and to investigate that. Now, every time I say we're going to get out early, that usually ruins it, so I'm going to keep going, okay? And then the last thing is that uh, that we're going to have primarily with our our youth uh, groups, but some opportunities to serve, do some service projects uh, in our local schools. So one of these four ways to be able to build better relationships with people that are in, uh, in our community. You know, you ask people about Grace Bible Church, and I think that we tend to, uh, to think about our church kind of collectively as a church who loves missions. But what I want to ask this morning is, are we a group of people that individually we want to be directly involved in fulfilling the Great Commission? I know that we do things as a church, and we can be proud of that. That's some great things. But are we as individuals, are we longing to see our neighbors worship Jesus? And that's what we want to talk about a little bit this morning. So we have the Great Commission. We studied through that, and we've also looked, I'm sure, in the past at Acts 1-8 and how that, uh, how that gives us a little bit of a, uh, of, of a pattern okay, or of a plan for us to go out, what Jesus told us to do, to go out and make disciples of all nations. And you can read it here with me. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Well, how does this serve as a little bit of a plan? And I want to introduce just some maybe some thoughts and some language to you this morning uh, that you can walk away with uh, as a little bit of a to-do, to ask the Lord to cultivate in your heart, where am I supposed to start, okay? So the first thing that I think that we have to do when we talk about what is this Jerusalem, okay? What does that mean? Uh, Jesus asked his disciples to start right where they were. And I think that Jesus asked us to do the same thing, to start right where we are. To cross bridges. What do I mean by crossing bridges? Okay, That is making disciples in our Jerusalem and is to do so among those that are most like us, that, are, that live nearest, maybe where, uh, where we live or where we work or where we play. Okay, When I talk about that, did you know that you actually spend most of your time in one of those three categories? You spend most of your time around the, peop- the people that, that live around you, that your, your neighbors. Okay? You also spend a, lot, a good portion of your time at work. Okay? And for some of you, work is a little bit of a stretch, uh, but you can include school, uh, whether that's uh, public school or private school, or uh, over here at Texas A&M University, Blinn University, all the different things, the, the places where we spend a lot of our time outside of our home. And a lot of people have a lot of hobbies. Okay? And so that's where you're best cultivating your relationships. Okay? So the people that you rock climb with, go fishing with, that you go hunting with. Okay, and, and how is the gospel emanating 
from your personal relationship with Jesus to infect, okay, to influence those that are around you, the people that you live near, that you work with, or that you play with. We have to learn to cross those relational bridges to make the gospel that lives within us manifest to those people that are around us. But we can't stop there. We also need to learn how to cross boundaries, okay? Making disciples in our Judea and Samaria is to do so among those that are close to us but are not just like us. We're going to have to, if we want to reach our community, we're going to have to learn to move and initiate into areas of ethnic diversity, okay? To learn how to be able to build relationships with international students, and to learn more about those that are living in different kind of socioeconomic places in our community. Because I promise you, there are either places in our community that you know about that you don't want to go to, or maybe there's places in our community that you don't know about, but that we're so slow to learn about, where the gospel needs to have its effect. Places of ethnic diversity, places where our international students are living, and places of different socioeconomic backgrounds. And then the one that we're most familiar with really is crossing borders and going to the ends of the earth. And this is uh, being willing uh, to, to have a commitment to go to the ends of the earth. Okay? To go to the ends of the earth, to be willing to, to pray for and to give towards and to go to those who don't know Jesus, no matter where they live. And that means a commitment not just to go to the places that are easy, because I can tell you this is my field and most of the easy places have already been gone to. Okay? But to go to the places of the deepest and darkest pains that are furthest from the comfortable places, the comfortable, enjoyable things that, that we experience here uh, in America day to day. And even to the people that actually, oftentimes, they don't even really want us to come. That our commitment is to go to every tongue, every tribe, and every nation until they have the opportunity to become a disciple of Jesus. So what I want to do this morning is I just want to see if we can simplify the mission for us, at least in these first two areas uh, of our Jerusalem and our Judea and Samaria. We often focus on what we're doing in terms of missions, uh, but we can too easily, I think, put that on somebody else because of our view of who's been called. But I can honestly and very easily say that to this community, to all the corners of this community, we are the ones who have been called. You may have thought that you got out of it by not being called to be a missionary, but all that means is that you must have been called to stay and do the same thing here. So how are we going to go about that? How are we going to reach Bryan College Station and to move beyond our fears and this morning simply talk about starting spiritual conversations with those that are near us? Now, I know that this is Grace Bible Church. I'm about to do a very dangerous thing. Uh, as a Bible church, we're not used to necessarily raising our hands uh, up and down, but I have been to different football games with some of you guys, and I know it's possible. I've seen you do it. So I'm going to ask you uh, a difficult and somewhat convicting question. Okay, And so I, for those of you that can answer in the affirmative, I want you to be bold and raise your hands, and then we're going to talk about the rest of us here in a few minutes. Okay, Here's the question that I want you to answer. Honestly, how many of you 
We're already planning to pursue a relationship this week for the purpose of having a spiritual conversation. Fantastic. Okay. Group of hundreds of us in the room. Okay. With a few of us having the priority of those that live and work and play with us. Very few of us actually have intentionally decided before today, this week, that we're going to pursue a relationship for the purpose of broaching spiritual conversations. And I think we can do better than that. I think that we as a church, that God has called us to something beyond that. That we don't need to forget that we are the light of the world. You know, the representatives of Jesus, that he has left here for those purposes. And today we want to equip you for that. Many of us, I think, feel stuck in a few different places. Some of us just feel like we don't have as many opportunities to share our faith. Uh, And mostly it's because we organize our lives in such a way that we become surrounded by believers almost exclusively. Ironically, the more that we get involved in our church, sometimes the the less people that we uh, actually have a a very close relationship with with non-believers. It becomes more and more difficult. And so that... That may be part of the challenge. Some of us in the room are kind of introverted, okay? And so we can kind of feel like, man, making relationships with other people is already so difficult, especially with people that are so different than me. And still others, we actually may have a lot of friends, but bringing up those spiritual matters just seems to be this elusive conversation that we can kind of feel guilty about not doing, but we also don't take steps towards getting any better at it. We either don't know how to make the transition or we don't know what to say or we somehow don't want to be known as that offensive religious guy that we've heard some stories about in the past. These are the things that keep us from sharing our faith and sharing this life-giving message that we want to talk about this week. As we use this week to commission our participants for grace through the city, we want to seize the opportunity to equip ourselves to go out and reach what I'm going to call our neighbors. You remember as we kind of went through Matthew this uh, past semester, in Matthew 4, Jesus came uh, to some of his disciples and he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Okay? It should be a natural progression that following Jesus, a natural progression of following Jesus would be that we would also help other people to follow him too. That is what discipleship is. In its simplest form, discipleship is helping people to follow Jesus as they help people to follow Jesus. To make this a little bit easier, we just want to give you guys a little bit uh, from these verses that I've read before uh, about be, uh, that following Jesus and, and becoming a fisher of men. I want to give you a little bit of an acronym to walk away with. So those of you that are note takers in the room, this is the time to start. Okay, And so we're just going to talk about a fish okay? because that's what God has called us to do. That's what Jesus has called us to do. Not to be just a fisher of fish, right? but to be a fisher of other men and women. And the place that we start is with abide. 
Now, I like this word abide. Uh, uh, my wife, Amy, and I, we lived in Greece for a little while. And uh, this word abide comes from a, a Greek word called uh, it's meno. And, and it's, just a, it's actually an everyday used word, okay? It's a very simplistic word. For us in English, abide, you know, it's like, where do you? Well, I abide over in, you know, in Camelot or something like, you know, some neighborhood in town. But uh, that's how we used to use it in Greece. You know, I, I used to say, I go, oh, meno, zografo. Yeah, I just live in this place called zografo, okay? And we forget you know, we got this word all fancy, but the, the point of our starting place in being able to share Christ with other people is knowing where we live and where we spend our time, and that should be with Jesus. Okay, this word abide simply means to continuously live in or continuously live with, that we would be connected with Jesus every day. And I think that that is the beginning of our problem, that sometimes we have our quiet time or we spend a little time at home reading through our scriptures. And then all of a sudden, when we close our Bible, we have this gigantic shift into the rest of our day and we head out to work or school and we forget to take with us the very things that we've learned. We see God as just a way for us to get through our own day instead of a relationship that we take with us throughout our whole day. Look what Jesus said about abiding in John 15 during the Last Supper. He said, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you uh, unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. From apart from me, you can do nothing. You know, I like to garden a little bit, and uh, this, this past couple of weeks, we've had a lot of wind, okay? And my, my, my tomato plants got a little bit big, and uh, all of a sudden, yesterday, I, I was out there, and I realized that one of the branches had bent over, and it was broken, okay? Now, what happens is that that branch already had some, some initial fruit that had set, and uh, so I was mourning the loss of about six tomatoes, okay? Because I know what's going to happen. It didn't break off all the way. It's still kind of flimsily connected, and I'm hoping that there's enough juice that's going to get through there that makes those tomatoes come all the way to the point where they're edible. But I also know that by being broken from the branch, that they're not getting what they need. And most likely, the fruit is going to fail. And that's really true in our own lives, too, that some days we feel so, we feel so connected to Jesus. But as the winds come... If we're not careful, then we can get bent over and broken. And all of a sudden, all of our hopes for fruitfulness just disappear. I love these verses because it gives us a starting point for loving others. And that is that we must first love Jesus. That means simply that we are constantly connected to him. When we're focused on our own lives and around the thing, or we focus our lives on the things that he loves, we will better see the opportunities that he has provided all around us. I don't know about you, but I do this in my own life. I just think, I sit, you know, in my, uh, you know, wherever I am in life, I hope I don't need to share the gospel with those that I work with um, so much since uh, they all work at a church. Uh, but, but in other areas of my life, sometimes I can get so focused on my own life that I can actually begin believing that God is not providing opportunities for me to share with other people. Okay. If you're a student at Texas A&M, you need to realize and lift your head and realize that, hey, you may not know all the people that are around you, but God has put you inside a classroom of 30 or 100 or 300 people that are all around you that you could be building relationships with. 
And he's put us in neighborhoods and he's put us in workplaces and he's put our kids on soccer teams and in dance studios. That there are people all around that when we stop focusing ourselves on ourselves and realize that God has already given this, these things, that if we organize our lives around the kingdom of God, that our opportunities to share the love of Christ are all around us. This means that prayer has to be a bigger part of our lives. We have to move beyond just making requests of God to meet our own needs and for the health of our loved ones and to get on the same page with God's desire to make disciples. A couple of easy examples. When you go to HEB, what do you do? You pull into the, you pull into the parking lot and you pray uh, for a parking space, right? Uh, if you're like me and my wife, we also pray that that little uh, thing of organic peanut butter, the samples are out there, right? We don't really pray for that, but we hope that the, the samples are out there. But how limited is that in view of what God wants us to do? Can we pray that God would inv- give us the opportunity to meet a new international friend who might need, need all kinds of help and advice, okay? That through meeting them, through understanding their needs, that we could begin to ask more about what they believe and hope that they ask us for what we believe in as well. Can we believe that God will truly guide us into relationships for his purposes and that we can be a strategic part of reaching our neighborhood, to reach our campus, to reach our workplace, our soccer team for the gospel? It flows from Jesus. And so we need to be connected to him. Now, for some of you, this may sound a little bit scary, and it is. And one of the things that you might need to do if, this, if it sounds scary to go out and do this alone is to, is to buddy up with somebody else, okay? Get yourself a partner in ministry and at least commit to pray daily for those that you live near and that you work with and that you play with, the people that are around you. You might be surprised at what God actually does over and above what you've asked, Let's listen to what happened to a friend of mine as he rode the Texas A&M school bus. So one day I'm sitting on the bus and I remember praying to God, God, please help me to find somebody new and see if they're interested in Jesus. Um, Because honestly, like I'm not very good at that and it stresses me out a lot to do that. Um, And so I was asking for his help. And as I was sitting there and praying, an Indian graduate student came up and sat beside me on the bus. And so I was like, oh, well, I guess this is my opportunity. And so I started talking with him. Um, and the conversation like, came back to me. And finally, I just said, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus. And I love to pray for the needs of those around me. So is there something I can pray for for you? And he didn't really respond <laughs> the way I thought he would. He just looked at me and he said, wow, like I'm actually really interested in the Bible. And I'd love for somebody to walk me through that um, would you want to do that with me? I was like, heck yeah, I would. And so uh, we got off the bus and we exchanged our numbers and we're planning on reading uh, during the summer. And so like, I did not expect that at all. And so it just goes to show like God goes before us and like he's the one who does the work. That's fantastic. He wanted to meet a friend and start slowly, but God had other plans for the people that he loves. And all of a sudden he finds himself with this new friend reading through God's word together over the course of this summer. What's the second letter of our acrostic? Okay, uh, I put up here to, to find and to be fascinated. Okay, 
As we abide in Christ, our eyes begin to be open to see what's happening in the world around us. And that can be a little bit overwhelming at times uh, so that we forget actually to act locally. We need to make a commitment in our lives to be organized, organizing our lives around the kingdom of God and to be ready uh, to see where God might have us initiate in these relationships. Earlier in the semester, we also talked about Matthew 9, uh, 36 through 38, a very familiar set of verses. It says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, okay, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Whatever we do when we read these verses, we need to realize, uh, let's not separate these verses from their context. Jesus is talking about that the, the, uh, the field is white for harvest, but it's because the people are harassed and helpless. We can introduce them to this good shepherd who will lead them. This verse has been studied and applied for 2,000 years. And guess what? You are the laborers that other people have prayed for. The laborers are not a subset of those who believe, but it's those who believe. And God has written the story of your life to be able to reach out to those that are living around you. So how do we find people that are actually kind of aware of their brokenness and introduce them to this good shepherd. Most of us think that we have to be fascinating, okay? That we have to be this fascinating person. But the trick, I promise you, the trick is not to be fascinating. It's to be fascinated with other people. One of the places where it's really easy to get off track and and having a heart for sharing the gospel with other people is to make it almost completely about yourself. We either think that we need to be someone else, that's one side of of the error, or on the complete other side is that we're actually pretty proud of what we have to say. But the point is to be fascinated in someone else's story, not in our own. What does this look like? Asking questions that are are lovingly opening uh, up the conversations uh, to spiritual things. Find, uh, Find where they are actually aware of their missing, uh, their missing uh, shepherd, okay? That they're missing out on something that you might have. Let them teach you about how to share the gospel with them. Let them tell you where they hurt. Let them tell you where they're dissatisfied and where they would love to learn about different options for navigating life. You know, many of us in here find ourselves stuck kind of right in this place where some of us are actually pretty relational and we have a group of friends that we can identify uh, as maybe wanting to hear more or needing to hear more about the gospel. We know a little bit about our neighbors or people that we work with, but we don't necessarily know how to share the most important things about our life. And this this is a pretty frustrating place for us to live in our Christian life. We can convince ourselves that, man, we're, we're pretty nice people and we're kind of trying to be relational with our neighbors. And as long as we're not getting in the way of the gospel and, and we're, we're, we're learning a little bit more about them, then we can just leave it right there. And I'll tell you, that's my biggest struggle as well. I know a lot about the neighbors that are around me, but am I taking the time to move that conversation to the next place that it needs to go? 
So let's talking about moving in that friendship to a spiritual conversation. How do we create interest in our faith with other people? As we work to create deeper relationships with those that are around us, there are a number of different ways to begin circling around spiritual things. Uh, and, and I want to give you three different things. I want you to write three different things down. And the first is this, prayer. Okay, Prayer is a powerful tool that shows that you have been listening to other people. And it shows that you care. When people share difficult situations, whether that's a death in the family or marital struggles or failing grades uh, or a loss of a job, Okay? Just ask if you can pray for them right then, right there. Is it awkward? Sometimes. Okay? Sometimes it is. But what you're doing is you communicate your care and love for them will be so much more powerful than whether they're thinking about or other, others around them staring at them. This also gives God the chance to demonstrate the power that he has uh, in their lives as well and to show that he cares. Believe it or not, most people are actually really thankful for your prayers. As a matter of fact, I was thinking back through 20 plus years of ministry and I can't think of a single time when I asked if I could pray for somebody because of something that was happening in their lives that someone actually stopped me and said, no, thank you. And it didn't matter where they were spiritually. It didn't matter where we were relationally. And it didn't even matter what religious background or experiences that they had come from. But if the timing, the circumstances prevent praying right then, at least tell them that you'll pray for them, that you would commit to pray for them more. And then do it. And the next time you see them, we should be expectant that God is doing something in their lives. And we can ask them how those things are going. The second thing is to learn to tell what we would call Jesus stories. Okay? Now, actually, most non-believers or most people that have kind of a grind uh, with what we believe haven't actually rejected something that they've experienced with Jesus themselves. It's usually been a bad experience with maybe somebody they would say is a hypocrite or maybe the rules of religion or just a lack of information or interest uh, in knowing more about who Jesus really is. We need to help them to get to know the real Jesus before we ask them to believe in him. The best way to do this is to know how to relate a few stories uh, of the gospel in our lives today. Let me give you some examples. When people talk about political injustice, tell them that you've been thinking about how Jesus overturned the money changing tables in the temple and he actually made a lot of people really mad. They'll be surprised. Okay? When ladies are, are talking about the inequities that still exist in our world today based on gender, be ready to explain about how Jesus, uh, after the resurrection, he first appeared to the women who had cared for him during his ministry, even back in his day, when that was so much more shocking. And when people use hypocrites in the church as an excuse to move away from faith, talk about how you're convicted about how Jesus responded to the Jewish leaders of his day. And that sometimes you act just like them. Draw them into the stories of your own quiet time. Be ready to ask them to read along with you. Okay, To talk about the things that, that you're meditating on. And that's why abiding in Christ is so important and it needs to come up at the front. Your care for them plus your ability to make sense of, of this ancient document called the Bible will be a big part of allowing your friends to meet the real Jesus. 
And the third thing is your testimony. This is a skill that every believer needs to attain. Uh, Even when people know a lot about Jesus, they still cannot understand what it means to have a relationship, to begin a relationship with Jesus. And your own testimony, no matter how lame you actually think it is, is your most powerful tool that you have in explaining how God has changed your life. Our personal journey of faith, uh, as we explain it to others, needs to be kind of packaged in about a three to four minute uh, testimony that we can be ready to share wherever we are. Mine is simple, okay? I help people to understand uh, that, um, that I began kind of with a cultural relationship with, with God. Okay, I grew up in Texas, which means that Christianity is something that's a little bit familiar, uh, but also sometimes in a twisted sort of cultural way, something that's a little bit confusing. Okay, what do I mean by that? Well, I thought I must be a Christian growing up because I knew I wasn't Jewish. Okay, so there's only a few choices left. That one seemed to fit the, the best, right? And so as I progressed through my life, I actually started reading my Bible and learning a little bit more. And so my cultural relationship with God turned into what I would call an intellectual relationship with God. And I spent a little bit of time there and I was able to, uh, to converse a little bit. I could, I could quote John 3.16. I could tell a few people a, a little bit about what the Bible talked about. But it wasn't until I sat down with a dear friend of mine who helped me to understand that actually what I needed to do was to begin a personal relationship with Jesus. That that's how I got to know the creator of the universe. And he showed me how, okay? And I gave my life to Christ. If you're still unsure if it's the right time to share your testimony with somebody else, all you really have to do is to ask permission. Just ask permission. Here's a really simple way to ask permission if you can share about the things that are most important in your life. Say something like this. You know, sometime I'd love to tell you more about how my relationship with God helped me get through that death of a loved one. Or maybe you could say, you know, sometime I'd love to explain a little deeper why my family goes to church and why that's at the very center of my faith. That sometime can turn into an almost immediate conversation if the person is, is uh, ready and willing to listen at that time. Or it can also give them a little bit of time uh, to think about it and to ready themselves to have a conversation that's a little bit deeper. Either way, we need to be ready to explain to people how God has changed our life by introducing us to this eternal hope that is found in Jesus. Let's hear from another friend, Valerie, uh, about how God has used normal circumstances to, sp- uh, to start spiritual conversations. So the easiest way for me to think about finding people is just doing everyday activities like riding the bus and going to the grocery store, but um, taking someone with me and asking God to help open my eyes to see the people around me. And so one time me and a friend went to HEB and we're just going grocery shopping and we just asked God to help us see who's around us. Um, And there was this girl and she was carrying a purse similar to a purse I had bought in another country. And so I just stopped her and asked her about it and we just started talking and um, just started asking a lot of questions to find out more about her and learn that she's from China and had been in America for four years. And so at this point, a question I love to ask, especially international students, is if they've been invited into an American home before. Um, And like most say, she said no. And so... um, I got her phone number and invited her to come over sometime and she was just amazed that after just meeting her, I would already be inviting her to come over. And so um, a couple weeks later, 
we got lunch and I took a friend with me and uh, when we got our food, um, I prayed over our meal and that is kind of like one of the simplest ways I found to create interest in Jesus and um, open up a way for spiritual conversation. And so um, she asked me after I prayed if I was a Christian and I said yes and she shared that she was too. Um, she had only decided to follow Jesus on her own just about a week before. And so I just got to learn all about how God had been drawing her heart to him even years before in China. Um, and she was actually getting baptized at the Chinese church just the following weekend. And so she invited me to come and I got to celebrate with her and the Chinese church and hear her tell her story to the congregation. And um, it was just really cool to see how God gave me that friendship and that opportunity to celebrate how he was already moving in her heart years before she had met me in China. I love it. So she goes from a discussion about a purse to the deepest discussions about eternal things. Okay, that God can use so many different ways for us to begin conversations, ways that we're probably beginning them already. But as we take the step to initiate into people's lives, we can find out where they are in their relationship with God. The next part of our uh, acrostic here is to actually share the gospel. And for day, today's uh, purposes, we're not going to go into an in-depth training uh, about what that looks like, okay? Uh, but we do actually offer some classes on occasion uh, to give people a little more in-depth training on how to present the gospel message and to overcome uh, some barriers. And the next one is coming up actually uh, just in a few weeks, okay? So you can see on Saturday, June 10th uh, at 4 p.m., the location still being decided. Uh, but if you will uh, email Mark Strasnicki, uh, who is on uh, our mobilization team here at the church, uh, Uh, you can find out more information. They're going to just take uh, a couple of hours and walk through this this process of what what it looks like to initiate in relationships and to be able to share the gospel clearly with other people. There are many methodologies uh, for me because I was on staff with a Christian organization. Uh, I was trained in using a a little booklet called Knowing God Personally, uh, and it goes through a four-step understanding of of how how to to, uh, begin a relationship with Jesus. Uh, And those four steps are just talking about how uh, helping people to understand that God loves us, okay? We also need to understand that our sin separates us from God, Okay. It helps us to explain that that Jesus died for our sin, that he paid uh, the cost for that. Uh, And then the fourth point of that is that we must accept his gift of salvation. A really clear and simple, and there's tons of them, the bridge, the Romans road, all kinds of different ways that you can learn how to share the gospel. And I I just pray that you would take one and memorize one because what happens when we memorize that portion of the gospel message that we're so concerned about It actually frees us up to pay attention to the people that we're talking to. It models for somebody how to, uh, this booklet, uh, how to pray to receive Christ, but also uh, some tips on how to grow as a new Christian. I can't encourage you more to learn some of the skills of sharing your faith so that you can become more confident so that when you run into one of the opportunities that God provides, that you won't freeze and do nothing. And then the last thing is this, is to help overcome obstacles. Interestingly, we're often scared to initiate into these uh, spiritual conversations on our own, and we feel like we don't have uh, all the answers that we need to answer the questions as we share with people that don't yet believe. But we also fail sometimes to allow the power of the community that we live in 
uh, to uh, minister to people as a group. I love how Matthew, uh, as you walk through in, in, uh, that, his book, uh, and you see how he was called, and he, uh, he immediately stands up to follow Jesus, and he leaves his bag. He kind of leaves visibly everything that he was to become this new person as a follower of Jesus. And the very first thing that he does is he gathers all of his friends together and invites Jesus and the disciples and all of his friends uh, to a party. And I think that Matthew must have understood, it's like, man, I do not have the answers that my friends are going to have, okay? But what I do is, what I do have is I have Jesus, and I have some other guys that understand some things a little bit better, and I just want to get them in the same room and find out what happens. Listen to what happened when Mark and Luann Dotzer uh, decided that they would have a party just like Matthew, uh, just to see what would happen with some of their friends. Earlier this year, we had an opportunity to have a Matthew party at our home. And we did this with another couple and invited friends, both believing and unbelieving friends. And we also invited those folks to bring along a friend that they had that they thought might enjoy the evening. So we made desserts and we had coffee and tea. And we just allowed people to come and start visiting with each other. It was just fun to watch as people that didn't know each other just mingled around our home having over coffee and um, dessert and just began to visit with each other. It's really fun to watch how the Holy Spirit can work. I found myself in a conversation with a young man I'd never met before who wasn't a believer. And uh, within a matter of minutes or so, I'm suddenly sharing my testimony with how I met Christ and how Christ has changed my life since then and I could tell he was really interested to know more about that and then when it was over uh, he actually thanked me for sharing such a personal story with him. It was fun to watch other people too, um, the non-believing people talking to each other, the believers talking to each other. One of the fun things that happened that evening that I really loved was the fact that one young woman who is a new believer shared that the, it was the first, she was sitting there talking to some folks And her husband said about how much her new faith meant to him and what he was learning from that. And she said, that was the first time I'd ever heard that. So it was neat to see how God brought together conversations with people that really meant something to them and brought life. It was really a lot of fun to have a Matthew party. I hope you get an opportunity to do the same thing. Thanks, Mark and Luann. Isn't that incredible? Just inviting something as simple to invite uh, a mix of people together and allowing the, the to- allowing the topic of Jesus to come up. People, it's really not that difficult when we choose to organize our lives around the kingdom of God. I want to do something now at great risk to myself, uh, and that's to get immediate feedback from the sermon that we've heard this morning because I want to ask you a question, and again, I want you to respond uh, with a hand going up. How many of you, because of something that you've learned today, are more willing to pursue a spiritual conversation sometime over this next week or to participate in some of our Grace for the City opportunities? I want you to raise your hand and say, man, it has gotten a little bit easier. Praise God. I'm very excited. I hope you just didn't do that for me because we're filming uh, from the back. Just like uh, if I invite the uh, band to come back up on stage, we're going to uh, end up uh, with a uh, worshiping the Lord this morning. I want to do this. Just like we uh, commissioned the Lewises this morning 
Just like we commissioned our seniors that were graduating to go out into the world and to become faithful followers of Jesus Christ and expect uh, a great, fruitful ministry, we're going to sing a song this morning, end in worship, but I want to uh, commission this morning all of you to go out into our neighborhood. So this is what I want to do. I want to ask all of you guys to stand. And as faithful followers of Jesus Christ, I want to be able to pray for you. Okay, in two weeks, we're going to have uh, Grace for the City is just an event that's happening, but much larger than that, to have an opportunity for you guys to feel like the Lord has called you into ministering to those that you work with, that you live near, that you play with, that you would take seriously this call that God has given you to be a witness to our community, to all the deepest, darkest places. Let me pray. Father, we love you. And we want to take seriously that you have given us the ministry of reconciliation. Father, that you have called each and every one of us as a normative follower of Jesus Christ, that we would be a part of sharing the gospel. We may not know how to do that very well, and that's okay. Because you, your spirit lives within us to give us the words, to help us through those relational bumps, to clean up our lives, Father, and to be an incredible example of who it is to follow you. So Jesus, I pray this morning that as we leave here, as we go out, as we talk about how we can maybe throw a party in the coming weeks uh, for others around us or maybe be involved in part of our Grace for the City events, but more so just reaching out into the places where you have already put us, that we would be able to see ourselves as missionaries right here in our own community. Father, I pray that it wouldn't come merely from conviction and shame, but Lord, from an overflow of the joy that we experience in you as we abide with you every day. Have us go out to be fruitful. And Lord, I pray that you would give us the blessing of showing us some of the ways that we can have an impact in our community. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.